This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's crunch time in the Champions League as City face off against RB Leipzig in a potentially season-defining last 16 second leg tie. We'll look ahead to tonight's fixture at the Etihad Stadium while also mulling over some interesting transfer news regarding one of City's top players. It's Tuesday the 14th of March. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm David Powell. And I'm Joe Ritchie. And this is the City Report podcast. Where is going from the goal? Found the goal to keep this extraordinary run going. Sergio Aguero. Unbelievable. Manchester United one, Manchester City six. It's two for Jekyll. Tottenham Hotspur three, Manchester City four. Welcome, chaps. It's a uh, it's a little bit like City's back four this season. We've got another new lineup. Obviously, not new new personnel. You've been on the show many a time before, the pair of you. But um, David, meet Joe. Joe, meet David. How are we all? I'm hoping it's more like a Dia Stones partnership than like a Mangala Di Michaelis. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you are you the Andy Morrison of this show, David? Is that who you are? Is that your <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Um, right, okay. Let's get into today's show. Because like I said, obviously the match tonight, the big crunch game. Before we do, though, just wanted to pick up on some news that was uh, that, that was reported last week. We didn't get a, time, uh, get a chance to, to speak about it before the weekend matches. Um, before we get into that if you haven't already go back and listen to yesterday's episode we reviewed the Crystal Palace victory what it meant for the title race what it could mean going forward etc also hit follow hit subscribe if you haven't already but Joe it's it's obviously referring to that um, that Somewhat fanciful I have to say straight off the bat news report in the Independent about Erling Haaland 
being a target for Real Madrid this season. It was reported by Miguel Delaney, chief football writer at The Independent, which sort of said that Real Madrid are exploring the um, a possibility, I suppose, of, of swooping in for Haaland at the end of this season. According, apparently, apparently to, according to the report, they were looking to do it at the end of next season. What were your initial thoughts when that popped through? Obviously, it was a couple of days ago, but um, interested nonetheless. Yeah, it was just a bit of laughing, to be honest. Um, I mean, I think that Real Madrid, like any big club, will do their due diligence on any elite player that they think would fit their system. And for Holland, I, th- I think he would thrive at Real Madrid if he ever went there. But I saw that article and it was just kind of ridiculous to me. Um, I don't think mm. his release clause even goes into effect until 2024 anyways. So, I mean, you'd be basically having to tell City to dictate the price on a player that has multiple years left on his deal, clearly loves being in Manchester and at City. And yeah, I just, I didn't really give the article the time of day. And then, you know, seeing it was Delaney too, I really brushed it to the side. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm going to do the the uh, the esteemed professional line of, of thought and say that, um, obviously, I, I think with a story like this, it isn't so much Miguel Delaney suggesting it will happen. It's more he's had a word in his ear from from probably someone towards Real Madrid or, or, or up in that sort of echelon suggesting that they're looking at doing this. Obviously, the quick answer, David, is absolutely not. See you later. Um, however... I, I get the feeling that potentially with Haaland, his City career, hopefully not, genuinely hopefully not, touch wood, he could extend, he could move forward and, and stay with the club for, for five, six, seven years. But I get the feeling that potentially down the line, not at the end of this season, but potentially down the line, Haaland might be Real Madrid bound at some point. Yeah, I, I think it's it's not a really well-kept secret that his dad's obviously said many a times that he's got aspirations to go and sort of follow a path like Ibrahimovic or Ronaldo and go and challenge himself in the biggest leagues of the biggest clubs and realistically other than Real Madrid there's not many big clubs that have the money to even contemplate putting out a rumour like that your AC Milan's Juventus's and all that sort of stuff they don't they don't have the money they once did so who else could really be putting out rumours to say they were interested in Haaland every club in the world would want him but he certainly wasn't going to go across to, to Liverpool, Arsenal, United. So it's 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 City or Real Madrid. And I think I think his parting phrase in the Man City uh, interview yesterday was like, I'm really happy or I'm very happy here. I think maybe that was him. He's, he's quite hot on social media. I think he's probably <laughs> seen it and thought, you know what, let's give the City fans what they want to hear. And he ain't going anywhere this summer. But I think as a City fan, I'm fully aware that he's probably not going to go and do a nine years at City like Aguero. Um, but I, I don't mind that he's twenty. Is he twenty two now? He's, we're going to get some very good years out of him. And when Pep leaves, if he leaves, fair enough. We'll we'll, we'll go again onto a new era. But yeah, I think we'll have the best years out of Haaland. It's interesting, isn't it, Joe? Because obviously, when he signed the contract, it was five years. There was a lot of talk at the time, as you mentioned beforehand. There's a release clause that is set to come into play. I'm not sure if it's the end of season three or the end of season two. I'm pretty sure it, it, it might be the end of season three, but that's only for foreign clubs. I might I might actually be wrong there, so I'll, I'll double check. But essentially, in the next couple of years, there may be a transfer saga. There may not be. What do you think is more likely then at this point? <clears throat> Erling Haaland leaving, say, two, three seasons' time, or him signing a new contract to become City's most 
oh, sorry, City's best paid player from what we know about reportedly, not not sort of bonuses and whatnot, but City's best played weekly player on a wage um, outright. Because obviously at the moment, that's Kevin De Bruyne. I wouldn't be surprised at all if in the off-season, we hear news of contract talks starting, whether or not they'll they'll sort of come to fruition, I don't know. But for me, I feel like there is a potential for Erling Haaland to potentially extend his contract even further. Whether or not that will have another release clause in it, I'm not too sure. But um, like David says, he does look happy and playing devil ad- devil's advocate. He might look to stay beyond that five-year contract. Yeah, I, I mean, my hunch right now, and obviously we're still, what, three quarters of the way through his first season at the club. There's still a long way to go, but my hunch is that he'll sign a new extension either this summer or next or, or sometime next year that will kind of push everything back a little bit. But I actually Mm. oddly see him seeing out the five years in his deal. It'll just be under a new contract Um, because to me, five years, right. It puts him at 27. Um, If he's truly chasing a club like Real Madrid, I don't, you know, we don't know how his career will look five years from now, but I assume that he would be the top striker in the world. Um, and that would give him another, say, five years at Real Madrid at his very peak or whatever other club if he were to move. So that that's kind of what I see happening is just sign a new deal, get a bumper deal. Um, kind of similar, actually, to what Alvarez is in talks with right now of already talking about extensions, um, really just as a pay raise more than anything. And then, yeah, four or five years from now, you know, Real Madrid come into play or, you know, maybe the financial market looks different and other clubs have money and are of interest to Erling. If he goes, it'll be what it'll be. I'm kind of one of those fans that's just here to enjoy the seasons that we have him and not try to look too far, too far ahead. So I think he has a lot to accomplish uh, still to come. Do you ever think that players like Haaland sort of look at people like Eden Hazard who have, have made that move at a point in their career that maybe they waited too long and then it's sort of they, they've just gone on a downward spiral. And if, if Harlan thinks, oh, I'm going to wait till I'm 27, what if at 26 he picks up a couple of ankle injuries that he's apparently got a bad ankle? And then all of a sudden, that sort of that transfer doesn't play out for him. He thinks, oh, maybe I should have gone soon. I don't know if, if big players think this and think, oh, don't delay it too much. Let's just get the move in while I'm sort of peak of his fitness and peak of his power. Well, I think, I think sophisticated players should think that way. Um, I think Holland. Ultimately, you know, there's a lot of talk right about always oh, going to have release clauses and may test out two, three, four leagues. But I, th- I think there's a lot of well thought out future planning between him, his dad and his representatives that, you know, city fans may not, might not like to hear it. But I think from a neutral perspective, he does have a lot of, um, you know, smart people behind him. And, you know, the, the hazard thing for me, yeah, it probably came a few years too late. Um, but I think for Holland, he's a player who, if he, again, just for sake of conversation at 27, say, went to Spain, I think it wouldn't really matter. I think that league would afford him so many more opportunities that he won't have in England. Um, that That's why he puts release clauses in his deals. He, he, he They may never be exercised. We don't know. But, you know, he's really just kind of affording himself options in the future, which I think, like I said, any smart player should do. I guess the final points we made here and the sort of obviously as always when we're discussing City at the moment and for the next couple of years the, the Premier League charges could have a massive say in all of this. He might have no say. Um that that's to come. But say for example, City get off inverted commas lightly and it isn't 
a punishment that forces all of the top players to leave. You know, for example, relegation or something like that. I think at that point we'd be seeing a lot of exits and Haaland being the first one out the door. Say that doesn't happen. It'll be interesting to see where the, the, the environment of football is at the moment because I'm looking over to Spain and I'm seeing currently Barcelona being charged for making payments to referees. I'm seeing Florentina Perez gobbing off at every single moment, uh, sort of slagging off Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, everyone else in the Spanish League and everyone else in European football. I'm seeing Tebas have a similar situation. And there's reports uh, just last week as well that, that La Liga is on the brink of a financial collapse. Those those issues have been well documented. Real Madrid, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to sort of believe it, but the last sort of 20, 30, 40 years of, of Spanish football has been completely different to what it has been at the moment. So there is a chance Real Madrid might not be that that all that all that um attractive an option in two, three, four years. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I think that's enough Haaland transfer chat for one day. Um we'll be back in part two to start looking ahead to tonight's match. Welcome back to the City Report podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. Another reminder, if you haven't, after today's episode, you can go and listen to our Crystal Palace review. Um, a quick turnaround, David, isn't it? Leipzig, just what, 72 hours or so after the full-time whistle at Selhurst Park. For the first time in a very long time, City head into a last 16 second leg with something to play for. And sort of, obviously, part of me is like, I wish the tie was done and dusted. Another part of me is quite looking forward to tonight's match because it has been a while since we've had a sort of last 16 with a bit of jeopardy. Uh, yeah, yeah. From, from a selfish fan point of view, I'm I'm quite happy that something to play for because I'm, I'm really looking forward to going to the game. The atmosphere should be bouncing. I think the players are going to be really up for it. Um it's a weird one in terms of like how I feel about the game because I've not been that confident about City all season, but this is probably the most confident I'm going into a game for a while. I'm starting to see some some signs of the old City, and I say like old City in inverted brackets because I, you just you're seeing Diaz and Stones on the pitch, you're seeing Foden playing happy, Rodri putting in absolute masterpieces, and it's sort of it's starting to feel like the City that we all probably remember and had so much confidence in. I don't have that level of confidence yet, but I can sort of see the progress. Pep probably can see it. The players can feel it. And we're sort of getting into our stride at the the key time. And I remember saying it weeks and weeks ago on the podcast that that, that sort of run we usually put together got pushed back massively because of the World Cup. And now have we quietly started to get on that run without really even noticing it? I think is it eight unbeaten now and three wins in the, on the spin or four wins on the spin and... Before we, before we've known it, we're, we're we're closing in on ten games unbeaten, which is which is fantastic. And when teams start seeing that and thinking, "Oh, we've got City again next week," they haven't lost in thirteen games or twelve games. That fear factor will be in, and then obviously, yeah, just let's hope we go and do Leipzig, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and the added benefit to that, obviously, Joe, is that City have a supreme record at home in European competition. Um, probably the only sort of remaining unbeaten run that City do have going for themselves at the moment. Although, as David mentioned, it seems like City are potentially getting there. I guess for me this season, the the the, the acid test will always be looking back on it when it's happened as opposed to when it's happening. Because in previous years, we've been in, uh, say, for example, 10 matches winning and you'd go City could win the next 10 quite comfortably. And and in some seasons, City actually have won 20-odd games on the bounce. This season, for me, I think there's been that many 
slip-ups to varying degrees of consequence. Some have been really detrimental. Some, like the Forest game, were just sort of a one-off sheer unluckiness, but at the same time have had quite an important consequence on the league. Um, This game, though, obviously 1-1 from the first leg. I think Leipzig will fancy the chances a little bit. I remember when I did the preview with with Adam Kahn, who was the Bundesliga expert, and he, and he spoke glowingly about RB Leipzig's season, albeit in the last sort of two, three, four weeks. It has taken a little bit of a nosedive. They've had some um, damaging results, a couple of draws, a couple of defeats. However, they're not going to have any expectations on them. And I think potentially if the first half an hour, first half is goalless, second half, crowd starts to get a little bit uh, agitated. Leipzig, as we saw in the first leg, could sort of try and spring a surprise on City, which is something to be wary of. Yeah, I um, I mean, I remember going into the first leg, I was talking about, I think I may have been on the preview, was talking about how long of an unbeaten run that Leipzig were on. And like you mentioned, yes, they had a bit of a quote-unquote down period, but even looking now, I mean, they just beat Mochen Gladbach at the weekend, 3-0, um, pretty convincing style. I think the the big difference, and I know he didn't start in the first leg, is Nkuku um, re-aggravated his injury or picked up a new injury, and he's going to be out for a majority of the season. Um, I don't think that that can go understated because we saw last season in the group stage just how impactful he can be. Um, so for me, I mean, this match could really go either way. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled that City are at home, but you know, when I look back to the first leg and I remember, um, at halftime, they brought on, uh, Henrik's at the back. It just felt like everything changed for Leipzig and it was more of what we were used to that attack attacking intent, um, really putting City in a lot of uncomfortable situations where I don't know, I'm sure we'll talk lineups, but I don't know what type of an approach Pep's going to go for as far as. You have to obviously get a goal, but is he going to try to chase multiple goals, try to make it a basketball match, or is he going to kind of go back to what we've seen these last couple of years where it's it's more about control, keeping things tight, and if City can win one nothing, ultimately that's all he's going to ask for. So that that's where I'm kind of sitting on the fence as to I'm not sure what he's looking for out of this match. It almost feels like the conundrum is... Atletico Madrid at home versus Real Madrid at home in that sort of the way City set up and approach the game. And and I actually think, and I'll throw this one to you, David, I actually think in the Champions League, it's completely different to the, the Premier League. And so, you know, in, in a manner of different ways, but, but just the feeling of the match, I almost feel like City have to tonight at the Etihad go and try and go... Go and blitz RB Leipzig in the way that they did against United. We always go back to that game, but it does seem like it's a blueprint. Just go and get three goals before half time. Get the game done. Rest your players in the second half. Because let's face it, City have more than enough quality to do so. Whether or not they'll be able to is obviously the ultimate question. But I, I just think City, if City play even close to their best game, as we've seen in recent weeks in the Premier League, the FA Cup and whatnot, City will score they'll, they'll score goals. The Crystal Palace game was a, a little bit of a, a an anomaly in a sense because Palace sat back so deep and a penalty and was City fortunate, maybe a little bit, but they deserve to win. However, Leipzig will give you space if you let them. And, and I don't know where you go with the team selection, David, because I, I suppose Foden, Grealish, Haaland is the, is the ideal three at the moment. Whether or not they've got another 90 minutes in the legs, I'm not too sure, which is why I think City go and get the game won in the first half. Yeah, I mean, we're fully capable of doing that against teams, aren't we? Like, I think back to the Real Madrid home game. I know we, we ended up losing that over the two legs, but the United at home, we are capable of absolutely blitzing teams from the, from the get-go. We haven't done it 
quite as much this season, but it's still in there. And I think you're exactly mm. right. I think that's the sort of tactic that we should be going for. In terms of the lineup, I would I would love to see Foden, Harland, and Grealish, but there's obviously the the sort of elephant in the room of Mares, who absolutely loves the Champions League, and it would have a huge shout to start to, uh, tonight. And I would I would probably go for him as much as I love Foden, as much as I've been raving on about that front three. I just I just can't see after what Mares has done for us in the Champions League over how many however many seasons it's been to not play him, especially rested as well. Mm. Um, that would probably be the one person I'd be saying, please, Pep, play him. Maybe even Foden as well. I don't know, but that's that's interesting because I, I I've often felt um, watching City sort of post World Cup, I've often felt that Champions League games might be better suited to play in Haaland and, and and Alvarez. Actually, Joe, I don't know. Sort of, you can give me your front three slash four if you want, and and maybe move on to to Kevin De Bruyne as well, whether or not he plays. But I almost feel like. The the it's so cliched, but the Champions League lights do something different to players, and the the entire feeling around a football match is completely different to say Aston Villa at home, Wolves at home, Arsenal at home. You know any mm. sort of these teams in the Premier League where you can sort of predict the way the game's going to go. It's so anything, literally anything can happen, and I know it can in the league as well. But you get what I'm, I'm saying here, and I think that's why you go heavy in attack because. City can outscore teams and City should outscore teams. Red Myers, for me, obviously has had a, a, an imperious Champions League record in recent uh, in recent years. However, is he the man in form? Potentially. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Yeah, it, it, if you had asked me maybe like a month or two ago, I probably would have said it should be Kev and Riyad as your 10 and your right winger. But if you're asking me what I th- what I think Pep should do tonight, I I would go with Foden at the right wing and, and Alvarez in that sitting behind uh, Holland role. It just feels like I it's one of those if 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 Alvarez doesn't start, I think he's impactful. He's probably our most impactful player off the bench. I think it takes a lot for a player to be able to come in 55, 60, 65 minutes and have an impact. Not everyone in the city squad can do that. So credit to him. But it just feels as though every time Alvarez is on the pitch, something good happens. He makes things happen. Even at the weekend against Palace, he came on. No, he didn't score. No, he didn't get an assist. But it just felt like things opened up. Um, City were testing the Palace back line a little bit more. So for me, where, again, if we're all in agreement here that City should kind of go for it from the off, I, I personally would play Alvarez behind Holland. I would play Grealish and I would play Foden, um, keep that front three, obviously Holland up top, and then everything behind it really, I think, kind of picks itself more or less or or shouldn't have a huge impact on things. But to me, it's who are you playing behind Holland and who are you playing on the right? And that's what Pep will, will have to figure out. Yeah, and I will say at this point, um, Leipzig is obviously tonight on the Tuesday. City don't play until Saturday evening against Burnley. And then after that, it's an international break, which obviously a lot of City squad will still be playing and probably going to be exerted physically more than, than they would in in. A sort of a regular domestic calendar. However, City can afford to sort of maybe push Grealish Foden to that extra limit, stick Alvarez in there as well, hopefully get the game done and dusted and then look to rotate with with a sort of, a, not a second string 11 against Burnley in the cup, but certainly some rotated players. Um, we'll, we'll finish this chat then, David, and, and maybe tempting fate a little bit, but I want to sort of touch base on where the opinion and the attitudes of, of City supporters and, and City podcasters as well on the Champions League versus the Premier League is at the moment. Because I think for a long time, and it probably still is the case, but for, for a very long time, almost in ter- eternity, 
it's always been a case of City supporters wanting the Champions League, uh, sorry, wanting the Premier League, there's a slip up, wanting the Premier League more than the Champions League. However, with City five points behind, potentially eight by the weekend, Arsenal in the table, do you feel like there's maybe this season been a tiniest of shifts of attitude a little bit and and people are looking at the state of European football? There's not really a favourite for the Champions League. I know City are most years, but we know what that means. Uh, Bayern Munich are doing okay-ish. Real Madrid potentially could still be in there. We'll have to wait and see what they do against Liverpool tomorrow. Um, do you think there's been a tiny shift in attitude or is it still Premier League, Premier League, Premier League? If City win the Champions League, it's a bonus. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm always going to say Premier League, um, but I do think there's been a slight switch. I do think that obviously Pep knows he's judged on the fact that he hasn't won the Premier League as much as everyone says, oh, he, he's not He's not going to be judged on winning it. He is. Every pundit says it. Every person in the press says it. Every opposition fan says it. For me personally, I know as soon as we win that first one, Chelsea fans, United fans, Liverpool fans will say you've only got one. It's not going to. It's not going to end the day we lift it. So for me, I'm like, well, is it that big of a deal? We, we will win it in my lifetime. I'm 100 percent sure of that. But I know the fact that the the sort of grief and the sort of shade that gets thrown on City for not winning it will not stop the day we win it. It's not going to be like, okay, forget about Man City now. We'll, we'll stop. We'll stop trying to ridicule them. So for me, yeah, Premier League is always the one that I love the most. Like Pep says, it's the most consistent. You've got to be there week in, week out. Champions League comes and goes. But I do think the club are sort of looking at it. I think Pep's looking at it. And I just I just hope and pray tonight we get the win and push on. Because I think, like you said as well, it's probably an era at the moment where it's actually probably up for grabs. There's not that many huge European sides that are playing like your peak Barcelona, your peak Bayern Munich, Juventus at their peak AC Milan's. It's actually up for grabs. Like an average Chelsea side won it. Liverpool picked it up. Real Madrid won, what was it, four in a row, five in a row? Because no one else has really given them a real push. So if we don't win it now, if the rest of the big boys come back, it might be even longer. Yeah, yeah. And you do look across the, well, it's not even in the same city, across to, to Stretford and, and you see United somewhat in a mini resurgence and they'll probably be back there next year and, and a little bit of pedigree in that competition, as we're always reminded. Um Joe, I want, I want it to be known the, these this Champions League discussion is, is an amnesty corner. There's no judgment on anyone's part. However, if you could now, at this point of the campaign, like I said, Arsenal... For my money, and I've, I've been parroting this for a while now, so it's not just sort of on the back of the weekend result, but they've they've won the league as or as good as. I don't see them dropping five points, and, and actually, I don't see City sort of keeping pace. I think there's a couple more slip ups in the league for City. Being said, regardless of your, your opinion on that, if at the end of the season you were you were handed an opportunity now to decide whether or not City win the Premier League or the Champions League. Amnesty corner, no judgment from anyone, including the listeners. What are you saying? Um, I'll take the Champions League and I'll tell you why. So ahead of the season, I probably would have said the Premier League. Um, I'm similar to both of you in that I'd always prefer the Premier League going into a season. But where we're at now, if, if City are in a season that they're going to finally win the Champions League and they're not winning the Premier League at the same time, and we're losing it to Arsenal, that's a lot better than losing it to Liverpool or United or Chelsea, um, in my opinion. So that's one piece. And then the other piece, which it's kind of like a feeling I've developed over the last few seasons in particular, is I want City to win the Champions League because of how much the players want to win the Champions League. It seems like it's just 
you know, players come to City to play for a well-established club, to play for arguably the world's greatest manager. Um, but they always talk about the Champions League and you always get this feeling that they know they're going to a great place to succeed. But I, I think if City were to get across the line, it it pushes that, you know, for sake of conversation, the Jude Bellinghams, the, you know, Cavaradonas, the players who, okay, they're great player, they're great, a great club, but they've also won the Champions League. They have that pedigree now. It's just that extra bit that we as fans might not care about as much on the surface, which I understand, but I think at a deeper level from a player or even future planning for, you know, succeeding Pep, I think it just adds that extra level of attraction. And again, where where if City weren't to win the league and we think it would be Arsenal, I can I can live with that. <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen again next season. But I, I think at this point, I'd, I'd opt for the Champions League and mainly just to see Erling Haaland go absolutely insane. <laughs> God, could you imagine the celebrations? Him and Jack Grealish <laughs> being let out. Oh my lord! Um, but I know, I know exactly what you mean because if not for anything else, it would stop Aston Villa and, and Nottingham Forest fans chanting that "Where's your European Cup song?" Which is is ultimately the probably the the, the main objective for City getting this done. But it does feel like. Uh, for me, anyway, I'll give my thoughts on this now. But it feels like a a, a box sticking exercise at this point. Personally, I have I, I enjoy watching the Champions League. It provides some great entertainment. The matches over the years have been fantastic. But I have no affiliation to the competition like I do the Premier League. Um, maybe because I've not grown up with City being successful in it. I've only really seen City smash the domestic competitions. I can remember being 12 years old when Aguero scored that goal. I can remember being 11 when Yaya obviously uh, scored the FA Cup winning goal. So I've sort of emotionally connected to those competitions. Whereas I can remember, I don't know, Kolarov scoring a free kick against Napoli in the Champions League. <laughs> you know, that that's the sort of level. And obviously over the years, it's got better and better and, and City have come closer. But I actually, on the back of that, I think at this point, if someone had a guaranteed trophy win, I might, I probably would say the Champions League. Um, wow. I know, I know. Just because, I, I, like I said, I, I don't see City catching Arsenal. And as a result, I don't want City's season to burn out on the back of that, be, you know, rotating players. City squad isn't big enough to do that anyway. So I'm thinking if this five point gap remains, if it gets a little bit bigger, and City can focus on the Champions League. It probably is City's best ever opportunity to, to win the competition. I don't know. David, the box is in front of you. Deal or no deal? Premier League win, Champions League win this season. Definitively, what are you saying? I don't know if this goes against everything I just said, but I would probably say Champions League, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome, we gentlemen. Welcome. You can convince me. Yeah, um, it was a good argument, wasn't it? Um, and, and I think uh, to, to sort of just finally caveat that with, this is mid-season. At the start of next season, I'll have the League Cup above the Champions League, to be quite honest with you. And uh, I think that'll do for today, chaps. Uh, Joe, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks, Amos. David, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, guys. Hit like, hit subscribe, all of that juicy business. We'll be back tomorrow with a Leipzig review. Here's hoping it's a happy one. See you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? 
at participating restaurants only 18 and plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.